0: Welcome to the Unlocking Athletic Potential Podcast
1: with Ian and Johnny. Discussing our passions of sport, OCR, running and fitness to help you perfect your craft. Hi there and welcome to this week's episode of the Unlocking Athletic Potential Podcast. Before we get started on this week's episode, we want to shout out our partners, Red Dot Running Company. They are the go-to store for all your running, trail and sports nutrition needs in Singapore. Red Dot are passionate about sourcing the best brands worldwide. We are proud to be associated with a company we love and are also focused on helping athletes perfect their craft and unlock their athletic potential. Red Dot, thank you for partnering with us. We hope you enjoy this week's episode.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of Unlocking Athletic Potential podcast, where we dive into the minds of athletes, coaches, and industry experts to talk to them about their passion and focus with the aim of passing on advice to our listeners to help you perfect your craft. I'm Johnny T, and as always, I am here with my
1: main man, Ian indeed Johnny, Johnny, always a pleasure to hear from you and see you, my man. Now, today's episode, we speak to an athlete who has went from pacing a marathon to just going for it and running the full distance, despite never running the full distance in any capacity at all. And on this marathon debut, he clocked two hours, 11 minutes. That's an Olympic and world championship qualifying time. Now, he'd shown a bit of pedigree going into this race before he's clocked 13 47 for the 5k he's ran a twenty-eight fifty for the 10k but in training he's actually ran 28 minutes flat he's got a half marathon pb of one hour 31 seconds which he ran when he finished in 18th place at the world athletics half marathon championships in pono last year that ranks him third on the british half marathon all-time list behind mo farah and callum hawkins Really excited to dive into this one. Let's welcome to the UAP pod, Jake Smith. Jake, welcome.
2: Hiya. Thank you for having me on.
1: Absolute pleasure having you here, mate. Can't wait to get straight into this one. So we're going to take it to the recent event, the one that's been over all the social media channels. Everyone's been talking about it, the Cheshire Marathon. Now, we know you've previously paced the London Marathon and more recently the British Olympic qualifiers. And actually one of our previous guests, Nick Gulab, he was pacing alongside you in that race as well. Love to know you're lining up. What was the plan and what was the percentage at that point that you would have put on you completing the full distance?
2: uh I think percentage me completing it was literally one percent, two percent at a push. And yeah, I got to start line because I ran because like I'm still training for like this summer. So the 10k this summer, and I did yeah. 17 miles on the Friday. And then like in terms, I know some of the triathletes out there might do a much longer bike but I did 40k bike ride the day before so which is quite quite long for us runners yeah I went (laughs) into no tapering at all got on that start line I was like okay I'm gonna stop at 25k then I can just like watch the end as the minutes went by it just got closer and closer to the time I was like you know what I'm just gonna carry on
1: wow so I'm guessing on that start line you were prepping for 25k was it a looped course where you were able to get out and then watch the finish line or was it just the way that the course was set up that you would have been able to see the closing stages of
2: the race what was the deal there in terms of the course setup? the course was a loop was 3.57 miles and you had to do it seven and a half times okay it's quite good because they don't want like none of these major marathons you know none of them are loop courses so they can't Exactly, close off roads or anything, keep spectators at bay. So yeah. it was really nice because you could almost, on each leap, you know what times you had to hit. So me being the pace, I had to hit this specific time each lap. So I could just like tick off the laps as we went by. After the first few laps, you know, you get like like on a track, say, or when you're running rounds a loop, you kind of know where each section is, which heart which sections harder, which sections easier. So it's a yep. really, really good loop, and we were really lucky with how nice the weather was because it, it could have been absolutely horrendous if it was raining if it was windy yeah yeah it was seven and a half loops around this it was quite funny it was like just in these single lanes country lanes like at one point i had to stop a car from driving past us there was a tractor in front of us at one stage we had to like oh wow one round they had to, they could only close off half one half the road so there were some dodgy corners we had to like navigate so you
1: weren't just on pacing
2: duties; you're on safety duties as well during the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. Like there were like lead bikes and stuff who who were doing really well, but there was this one like old lady. She was like, she didn't have a clue <laughs> what was going on. She was just driving down the roads, and everyone was like telling her to stop and everything. But um, yeah, it was funny. It just it just screams like the UK. Like you, you just see tractors in front of you, and so.
1: It's not oh, nothing brilliant.
2: like these major marathons. I would love to see how people would react if they saw, like, a tractor going down the London Marathon or something. No, it was, it was great fun, and it's a really, really good course. They actually do quite a few races there. They do, like, the Mid-Cheshire 5K there, this 10K race as well. So it's a really good loop.
1: Yeah, it looks like quite a lot of athletes ran particularly well. Was was there one athlete that you were trying to particularly pace to get to that time, the two eleven time? I'm guessing was that was the time that the top athlete was aiming for? Possibly was it or an Olympic qualifying time? I know
2: before the start, I looked at some of the. Um, it was quite a shame because I looked at the start list and there were so many guys who wanted the Olympic time, but because of COVID and stuff, um, as the like last week I was talking to the organizer and he kept saying so many people were dropping out. They can't even get to the country or anything. So right. on the starting line, there were two guys. There was a guy from, this guy called Callan Moody and this other guy from Australia or New Zealand. And they both said they wanted to get out in that time. So Phil Sessman and I, the two we were the two pacers, we um, paced them to about 15 miles. And Callan Moody, who I like helped for basically the whole race almost, I literally just pulled him along at 22 miles. On that last lap, I was like, I said to him, I'm gonna stick at the pace, I'm gonna hit these paces you have to try and stick on my back because you need you want to run this time so like it was I was going to the final lap and I was looking behind I was screaming at him and stuff like get on me get on me and stuff like that but it was it was a great great event it was just such a shame because it could have been a much bigger race if if it wasn't for covid like you would have had loads of people from different countries come over and yep. they, they also had half marathon at the same time so for the first half I was actually pacing a lot of the half marathon boys and it was quite nice after get quite a few messages from them saying oh thank you so much you guys helped us run pbs so is it Brilliant. really really good atmosphere and i think for years going on i spoke to an organising he said i'm having to put this race on again because of the coverage it got so hopefully it might become like one of a big race in the future
1: that sounds awesome so i'm guessing for the half marathon that marathon and the half started at the same time yes. and the other half just peeled off for a yes. different finish
2: yeah it got to a stage when i i was like i just because there were people on my back and they started going in front of me, I was like, "What the hell is going on? Why are they going in front of me if they're doing the marathon?" Well, they were doing the half, so I, I think I did my job quite well. But yeah, it was a bit weird at times. Nice.
1: And what's the kind of deal in terms of entering a race like that? You are you getting almost like a, an incentive to to pace, or were you just doing it for the experience or for the training? Or
2: I like I like lo- lo- I love helping people. out. Like I did the London Marathon pacing, I did the Olympic trials, and. What I get out of it, I get such a good session anyway, such benefit from it. Like afterwards I've got so such nice messages from people saying, Oh, thank you so much for helping. And it's just like one of those cause we haven't exactly like everyone hasn't really raced much during this last year. And just to be on a start and even if I'm a pacer, it just it gets you really hyped up and look forward to the season. So yeah, I got messaged by the organizers, like, yeah, I'm more than happy to help out and it gets you out there, um, enjoy the distance and I think maybe I might step up to marathon in the next few years, but nothing yet. It's quite far.
1: This was literally just like a little bit of a, a dip your toes in. Let's, let's see where I'm at at this moment in time. Yeah, uh,
2: it, was, it was just the right day, the right time, and I don't think it would ever happen again, <laughs> but
1: yeah. Cool. So I'm guessing in terms of fluids and gels and nutrition, what was the deal there? Because if you were planning on dropping out at 25K, I'm guessing maybe just the odd gel
2: so because i was planning on dropping at 25k because i only had one gel for the whole race and i had no, i took wow. no water in or anything and yeah i was i'm not gonna lie i was very very hungry at the end <laughs> but no water the whole <laughs> race no no, no water not a and i had my gel at 10 and a half miles so the last 16 miles i was literally just running on this gel but I've said to quite a few people like I'm obsessed for some reason with like bagels, Nutella. So I was like, I think the only way I got through that was just how much Nutella <laughs> I had that morning. So
1: wow, I'm just intrigued. What what gel did you take, Jake?
2: It was the SIS. Yeah. You know, you get the different flavors. Yeah, uh, like, it was like the orange, the orange flavored one. So
0: yeah, okay. it, yeah, help. So that's only about like less than less than 120 <laughs> 000, that.
1: This is crazy. So you've extended yourself past the 25 km mark you're on a looped course. So I guess there is a temptation each loop where it's like, yeah, nah, I've had enough or I can, I can yeah, stop it here. It's not like you've gone out to a, a distance miles away and no. you know, you have to make your way to the finish anyway. So I guess I'm really intrigued to know whether the thought of stopping at any point came through your mind or if the pace dropped a little bit and you're like, you know what? I wasn't planning on doing this anyway. I can drop out here because absolutely no pressure. You've done your job. You paced correctly. You hadn't had anyone, pacing you you, yeah. you were just running front running so yeah did, did that thought ever cross your mind or did it ever get really tough
2: I think um at that one stage when it was like 15 16 miles and it was just me and Callan and I was I was almost thinking like if I drop out now he could have 10 miles by himself and he's gonna he's gonna really struggle by himself so I kind of wanted to make it into like a racing situation just be like look I'm in front of you in a race, if there's someone else near you, you're always going to try and tag on for as long as possible. Yeah, it, it got to a phase where I think if my coach was there, he would have absolutely taken me out. Like, the, James would have taken me out of the race, like, run onto the course, tackle me. So, because my my mum went there with, with me, and she was every lap after, like, the 50-mile mark, she was like, you have to stop. You have to stop. James is not going to be happy. So, um <laughs> yeah, so I took oh, the bullet in the bag. So, like, yeah just carried on and helped Callan. I was just, it was the biggest shame was when you see Callan cross the line and he's nine seconds off the Olympic time. He like ran for two hours, 11 minutes and he misses the side in nine seconds. So, and it, it's one of those things like when, one thing I noticed was when he was picking up wa- water and the gels like with everyone, it really does slow you down without even noticing. And that could have been the reason why because I, I, I never changed the pace, never went fast or anything, but I just kept getting away when they got water. So it could be little things like that. He may have missed one of the waters, which cost the nine seconds.
1: Do you think that's a skill that is is almost worth practising in training, that that kind of grabbing the waters and almost doing that? Because if you're saying, like, he's, he's missed it by nine seconds here, there's going to be so many water stops. And if it's really losing that much momentum, do you, do you think that is a skill that's, um, that's possibly worth practising?
2: Without a doubt, because it was his first marathon as well. So, like, hopefully he gets experience from it. But a lot of the guys I know who do the marathon in Wales, they literally, they put out bottles on their cars. They take, like, a where they do their laundry, like, the baskets. They take baskets out with them, and they're constantly practicing. So, it's one of those things. And I, I do think it's huge. Like, I've seen in some major marathons where a guy will literally get away. They'll just target the water station. If they're not that hungry or thirsty, they'll just like kick on from the water station because they know everyone's going to get it and if they slow down right they fall over it's like not our fault almost
1: that's something we've never really discussed or, or, or talked about but it's it's quite interesting actually mm-hmm. that that was kind of something that you noticed and oh yeah as i say like, you like you're normally talking about fractions of times in the sprints but nine mm-hmm. seconds in, in a marathon yeah. you know if, if that's stopping that olympic dream that is pretty yeah. significant and hopefully a big lesson amount for that athlete there yeah so looking at the non taper for the half marathon we've got a, a 350 1500 meter pb on the wednesday night we've got a, a huge long run on the friday a 40 was it kilometer or mile yeah, cycle on this saturday yeah. 40 kilometer cycle on the saturday and then a, a 211 debut marathon is yeah. is that the way you're gonna you're gonna plan your first one when you come come to tackle one of the majors or your your future marathon
2: well james said on a tweet he said does anybody want a five day 1500 meter to marathon training plan so (laughs) um i'm not sure i'll do that again but the big thing is i said i spoke to quite a few people and you know when you go into like a racing situation marathon like mentally you're just so nervous and stuff like that whereas i was on that line like i wasn't thinking i kind of sometimes compare myself to forrest gump like me and him just don't think at all we just (laughs) so um yeah I was just like on that start line I was like you could tell like the pacers were the only one really enjoying it like really buzzing to like help out and stuff so I think it's almost it almost makes me think when I go into like another race try and get rid of some of the nerves just try and enjoy it because that's I've realized now when I run well it's when I'm enjoying it and when I if I get too stressed I don't run too well because if I say, for example, I'm racing and I miss a mile split by three or four seconds, it would just play in my mind the whole time. Whereas on when I was pacing, I was like, okay, I need to pick this up a little bit, I need to slow this down. So it was, yeah, I just think it was, it just makes me think about going to other races and how I do de- how to adapt myself really.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that. At the end of the day, yeah. the whole reason we're doing this sport is for the love and for yes. the enjoyment as well. And I think from listening to some of your other interviews, That's something that definitely shines through from you. You've got a genuine love for, I think, for running, but also for just being in the moment and enjoying the atmosphere around running events as well. And that's massively comes across as well. I know this was an unplanned event, but in terms of your reflections afterwards, was there anything that you feel like you could have done to run even faster? Or do you feel like almost the occasion of being so relaxed it didn't matter?
2: because or... I was wearing my heart rate monitor and I know it was for like for two hours eleven minutes, but my heart rate was like one seven on average, and I get it higher in most sessions I do anyway. So I knew yep. I was in the tempo zone. I was speaking like making jokes whole way and stuff, and <laughs> my fastest my fastest mile was my twenty fifth mile where I would ran like a four fifty. So nice. I only started picking it up. So like my fastest 5k, 10k were my last 5k, and last 10k, and it made me think I was like, I've se- I've spoken to James, and if I do another marathon, like it might be suicide. But I said I'm going out at 63 minutes for the half, 63:30, and I want, like, I want to run 207, say. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things. Like I know I can run like a quite a lot quicker. I just feel like because you see some of these Africans. And you see they can feel so comfortable. They can just change their pace so quickly. Like, as soon as they go, you just can't stay with them. So that's why I'm focusing on the shorter stuff because when I'm older, I want to be able to, like, in a major marathon, as soon as they kick, I want to be able to go with it. Whereas right now, I don't have that right now in my locker. So that's why I'm training at the shorter stuff, even though I'm getting absolutely humiliated by some of the 1,500, 800-meter runners in my group. But it's good fun. And hopefully in a few years, I can actually... Really go for like, say London, get like a, a really good spot and stuff like that, and the world champs try and compete with these top three, really. Yeah, and I think
1: our listeners should know you're 22 years old, 23 later this yeah. month, yes. I believe. Yes. Yep. Another question I was thinking about was obviously the three spots for the Olympic Games have been taken. What happens in terms of if if someone gets injured? Would you be next in line in terms of taking that reserve spot? Have you looked into that at all?
2: Um, I've spoken to James about it a lot and there's one guy called Johnny Meller who couldn't go to the trials and he ran 210 something last year and he's a very good athlete because he had he actually had it was such a shame but he had like gout in his calf or something oh no, and he didn't go to the trials so he's coming back and I think he is the first reserve so if someone didn't if pulled out or something and I'm just there like come on please tell me I'm second reserve like I just want that phone call. But the thing is it's like you guys like probably know it's a marathon like anything can happen in one yeah, bad yeah. run or something and you can harm yourself so yeah. but i just don't i just don't don't know anything like I haven't had a message from british athletics at all since that race and stuff so like I have not a clue or, or anything but I think maybe this week i might message someone sa- just just to ask like is there any chance because if there was a chance I'd get in it would change my whole season like if, yep. if I did games, well, I wouldn't be focusing on the ten k. I would probably take a bit of time off because then I would know I have three more months to the race and then really go for it. So it, it's just a of knowing, finding out now.
1: Yeah, I'm sure James will be able to like yeah connect those dots for you as well. The focus now for the next six weeks leading into the Olympic trials is the, is the ten k. Yes, you know you've hit a, a twenty eight minutes in training. Yes, I think the qualifying I believe is twenty seven twenty eight. Yeah. And a top two finish in the yeah. Olympic trials, along with that qualifying time, will put that ticket. Obviously, you've got a few guys that have already hit that qualifying time. I'm guessing Mark Scott's probably the the favourite kind of going into it. Mo's Umananaring, I isn't he? I'm not sure if he's yeah. going for a five k, ten k double, or, or what the deal is there. What's your kind of thoughts now for the, for these next six weeks, and giving this a bash? I, I'd feel like if you've gone a 28 in training, the confidence of what you've achieved in a marathon. And also in that half marathon before there's can't pay anything past you at this point, surely, right, Jake?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I've said to some people, like, it could, like I said on Instagram, it could be the stupidest thing I ever do going from a marathon to a 10K in 10, <laughs> six weeks. I love it. I'm just going to go for it. And it's one of those things, it's, like you said, they only take two runners. And there's actually, there's other guy in America who called Sam Atkin, who ran 27, 23 or
0: 24
2: last year. Okay. He also has a qualifying time. And then you look like Farah needs the qualifying time, but like you've seen how fast he is, like he could literally get it on the last two laps or the lap if he really yep. wanted to. Yep. And I know, I know for a fact, like Mark and stuff, they will probably want it slow because they don't need to run a time or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be me against the clock for quite a lot of the race. Training's going well and I'm just going to throw everything out there. And I've said to people like, if I run the qualifying time and don't get in the team, like at the end of the day, I'm going to be absolutely buzzing because I put everything into it. And then I guess in six weeks to get two qualifying times isn't too bad anyway. So we'll have to see.
0: That's that's some people's views right there.
1: It's a shame the half marathon is not an Olympic distance. No, I know. I I would
2: absolutely love that.
1: (laughs) I think we always, I I think it should be in there. But look, Fingers crossed for you in terms of that build-up for oh, that 10k, Jake. And I think if anyone knows how to front-run, if anyone knows how to be, as James puts it, a bit of a maverick on the course, mate, it's you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. I oh, think that's going to be one of the events to watch that weekend. Jake, yep. You know, at 22 years
0: old, with this full range that you currently have, I think we need to take it back a bit. You know, bring it back to the beginning. How did your running journey start? And I guess what are some of the key milestones that helped you along the way?
2: Well. Because I, I grew up in Hong Kong, so I was born in yep. Bermuda, lived there for a year, then I grew up in Hong Kong. Yeah, I think it was, it was down to my school in Hong Kong, down to this guy called Charlie Riding, who worked, who
0: worked on G Five. sorry, you remember me asking where did you go to school in Hong Kong? Because I have been based in Hong Kong for the past six years. Not really,
2: King yeah. George V School, King George V. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, yep, so yep. it was it was an amazing school, and this guy called Charlie Riding. It's like it's one of those things I've said to my parents. Like I'm not sure if he has Instagram or Twitter because he's like. A bit older, but I said as soon as I get a message from that him, I know my life has peaked. Like I just want the message from me him <laughs> saying, Oh, you're doing so well. So um yeah, hopefully hopefully I get that message soon. But um yeah, it started when I was like when I was like younger, I say year seven to nine, I was playing football, rugby, hockey, absolutely loved it. And I say to a lot of youngsters, like, don't even think about running yet, just play the sports.
1: We are on that tip big time, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a primary school specialist. Oh yeah. And up until kind of 11 years of age, just try everything, enjoy oh, that time with your mates. I, I feel like they've got to learn to swim because that's just the key life skill. Yeah. So yeah, You've got to take that one. You've definitely got to get involved in that. But yeah, totally with you. Like oh. the fitness you build up from playing a multitude of sports is, is, oh, is immense. And,
2: like yeah. I, would, I would play two football sessions on a Monday and without even noticing, I'd get fitter and fitter. And I think when I came to England when I was 16, I went for like a rugby trial because I loved rugby. I honestly think I spent 15 minutes on that pitch and then just walked off saying these boys are too big. I am not playing this sport ever again. <laughs> yeah, so we started in Hong Kong. Like I was played football under Mister Mister Hooper. He was my coach for years, and yep. I got involved with the like the school team. I rep, like represented Hong Kong in Mongolia, which was ap- like something else there. But um, no, I absolutely loved it, and I fe- I think I like I thank them all because. I don't think I would be into running as much if it was, like, for my parents as well and that school. Because that school's like, I, I really like the school because as soon as you play a sport, they, they literally want you to play every sport there is. Like, mm-hmm. I think That's... one of the big ones they love is rounders as well. Like, I didn't even realise rounders was a big, big sport. And then it's one of your favourite sports in PE. And so, yes, yeah, so it, it's a really, really good environment there. Well,
1: just out of interest, did you get to tr- discover, like... Much of the, the kind of running trails. I know that wasn't your key focus when you were out in Hong Kong, but did you like go to any of the big spots for running uh, in Hong Kong?
2: So I lived in Clearwater Bay and
1: okay.
2: like near Poito, to that was it. And like Clearwater Bay yeah, Beach, yeah. I would run there the whole time, run over the mountains behind. And I got to a stage where my mum would literally let me, I put a limit on how long I was out for because she was scared of the snakes <laughs> and the monkeys coming down the
0: hill <laughs> and, and the boars and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So I think I got quite fit from either sprinting away from something in the bushes or like from the um, the pollution level. So as well. So without even noticing, like <laughs> I say to some people, Hong Kong's probably one of the best places to train because it's so yeah. hard. It's so hard to train there. As soon as you go somewhere mm-hmm. else, it's easy.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt like they well I'm sure the same thing with Ian living in Singapore. I'm currently yeah. in Indonesia now. Oh, yeah. The heat and humidity is like your poor man's altitude training, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it sucks, but once you get used to it, oh, you're
1: far ahead of everybody else once you get to a cooler climate oh, and start 100%.
2: racing. 100%. So
1: I know we're kind of joking about this, but do you think that's kind of almost part of the secret to your success, Jake as well? Because you had like your formative years here training in the heat and humidity in the summer oh, in, in Hong Kong. It can yeah. be like stifling and as you say when you go back to the UK it's like no one else knows what that's like and and you've kind of trained and worked hard through that and now you're back in cooler climates and you're like this is you know
2: (laughs) I think it's when I first came and they were like it's 20 degrees it's absolutely boiling I was like what I'd be wearing a jumper (laughs) if I was in Hong Kong and stuff so (laughs) yeah I think it it was like like you guys said it was like something else like you were struggling to breathe out there and stuff but as soon as you come to like the UK, because it's a much cooler climate, It's much nicer to breathe and stuff. So, yeah, I would, I would love to see whatever was in my system from Hong Kong with the pollution. I think it has sort of helped <laughs> to some sort of level.
0: When it comes down to growing into your running discipline, moving from Hong Kong to the UK, when did it start really building and picking up for you?
2: I think I was like 15, 16. I was still playing for... <laughs> a football team back in england we're like we're not it's just like there's reserve teams just go out you enjoy the traveling there to the match more than the actual game it was like 16 17 like when i remember in hong kong i was like 14 15 and i was like i sort of knew running was becoming my favorite sport before like after football coming to uk and stuff then i like noticed i was like running fairly good i was that that's why i say to youngsters like I was never very good at school. I never made it to English school's track, never was that good or anything because I just enjoyed socialising, playing with mates in other sports. When I came to university and I got coached by James, then I was like, okay, actually, I have some um, good qualities because I went into uni with a 70 minute half, 15, 30-minute for 5K, 30 minute for 10K, and I put like 10 minutes on that time in the half and over three years. Yeah. I thanked James a lot because I was doing... I actually had like some eating disorders when I was uh, first came to UK and stuff and I wasn't enjoying it like I was just and I was also doing trying to do more exercise each day so it would get to Sunday and I was doing like five six hours I was like what am I doing yeah it's just come to union like James literally put rail on me he's like okay you're only doing one hour today and then you're resting for the rest of the day so it was just just comes to union actually getting giving being given like a plan was the big step forward for me and yeah it's been working quite well
1: so it's kind of almost like a bit of sporadic training prior to that based off a lot of natural talent yeah um, and a great fitness base for, from your kind of time from other sports and then James kind of honed that gave you some consistency yeah. of a structured training plan and then from there you reduced your half marathon for, I think it was like from 112 which I saw yeah. and every time I believe you've gone a half marathon yeah you've got quicker and quicker eventually leading to that phenomenal time of one hour and 31 seconds
2: yeah yeah i want to keep i want to keep that up but i think it's going to get a bit harder now but i'm going to give it a go Uh,
1: absolutely like the closer you get to your kind of those (laughs) top times right it's not always gonna happen but that's awesome so just a bit of a side tangent here i've got a a runner in the group here that i teach at our school we've got a runner called tis maru he's just finishing off his time here in, in singapore may Great progress. He's gone from like a 21-minute k to a 15-20 oh, wow. k just just in the last sort of three, four years off. A couple of structured sessions a week. He's not doing very high mileage at all. Yeah. And one of the universities he's put down is your university, Cardiff. Really? Yeah, and the reason he's... I think actually, I've got a feeling he, Scott put him in touch with you. Oh, what was you, name again? Sorry? i I'll look. I'll look at mine from after, but... Yeah, I, I, you did. <laughs> you, you sent him some messages you okay, you, no, you did as a, as a and, and I'm trying to persuade him actually to choose that university now I know there's some good unis I think he's put down like Birmingham Leeds a yeah. couple of other choices spoken to a few other athletes spoke to Nick Gulab as well and uh, he yeah. kind of listed the same ones I guess Tease will listen to this why would you say for Tease or any athletes out there why should they come to James and, and the setup at Cardiff what would be a, 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 the reason that athletes should choose that do you reckon to come to
2: there's two like James is unreal like there's Cardiff Met and Cardiff Uni, the two big ones in Cardiff, and yeah. he will literally take you on, the best thing about it, he will literally take anyone on, like if you want to get into running, he'll take you on, bring you aboard, he'll send you plans, he does, I don't understand how he does everything he does, but he sends you plans, and the group we have now is insane, like we have Piers Copeland as well, who does train with, he's not coached by James, but he trains with our group and he's run 335 for 1500. He came fifth at European Indoors. So you have him, you have Yian Thomas, who's run 3000 metres steeplechase at Commonwealth's World Champs. Um, James, This guy called James Hennigan, he's going for the Euro under 23s this year. I do put out there, but I think we are the strongest team in the UK, I, say, I would say, in terms of the <laughs> calibre, like the depth we have, like going from one of the fastest 1500s to one of the fastest half marathon athletes. And the best thing about it, we like, we go into sessions, like, I'm terrible for a warm-up. Everyone's joking around. We have a laugh. We never, when you do a session, like, you put effort into it. But beforehand, we're chilled out. We're a good group of guys. We, like, make sure everyone's doing all right. We help each other out. And Cardiff's a lovely place to train. You have, like, the TAF, which I've been constantly training on. You have um, this Butte Loop. You can go up into the mountains, Caffili Mountain, stuff like that. And, yeah, it's just, I just think that, the calibre of this squad now is insane. And like I said, like your friends, like I was a 15, 20 minute athlete before I came to university. Now I'm running like 60, 30 for the half, whatever. So just for him to come into our group, like he'll just, he can get involved in the session. And each session he does, he'll just get better and better.
1: Yeah, I'm really keen for him to yeah. hook up with James for the simple fact that I mentioned just before we went on ours in the same squad as James for like GB under yeah. 23, a couple of internationals and then um, GB students, I think me and James were in the same squad as well. But we were at British universities around the same time and uh, definitely just one of the most personable guys oh, yeah. around at that time as well. And um, yeah, no, and it sounds like you've got that nice balance between putting in the work when it counts, but also having that great yeah. social bond prior and, and yeah. after sessions as well, and which is, is massively yeah. important.
2: Cardiff's also a really, really good nightlife. So when clubs are back open, (laughs) there've been quite a few stories. I bet he'll hear about us all anyway. So
1: (laughs) we can save that for another (laughs) podcast, I reckon. So with this range that you've got from like five k all the way to the full marathon, I guess your greatest success has been over the half marathon. Where does your passion lie? What's the distance you line up at that start line? You're like, this is me.
2: I think, well, running the marathon, I was like, I was like edging towards it. I was like, oh my God, this is, it's long. But oh, if you're feeling good, it is a good, fun distance. But um, I love the 10K. Like, I just think it's, because it's like you're running, it's quite still a really hard pace. If you get it right, it's so nice. Like, like a big thing is when you talk to people, like they say, like, to break 30 minutes for 10K is so many people's lifetime term, term goals. And I think to do that is just such a big, big ask for people. So, and I think 10K, because I'm not like, I'm trying to get quick and trying to get quick over the 5K, but I never know, like you see how fast some of these Africans, some of these Europeans are towards the end of the race. And I, I know I'm never going to be as quick as that, but I know with the 10K, I can just like lead out just make people hurt anyway. So it's just, I, I just think the 10K is such a great event, but at the same time, it's horrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess as well, the beauty at this moment is where you're so young and you can kind of flirt between all of these different events. Yeah. And we've kind of had a little bit of a taste now that the, the marathon, you know, in the later years might be where you're kind of going to see, you know, your best performances. But who who knows, you know, yeah. just keep enjoying this journey as, as we go from here. Okay. Right? It's just intrigued as well. Obviously, you're studying a master's in strength and conditioning
2: at the moment does that play a big part in your training regimen so uh, we do two um C sessions a week and i feel like for three minutes every time we do these drills so when i'm literally walking on my toes walking my heels and it does look quite weird like if someone like an ordinary person who doesn't run look to me they'll be like what the hell are they doing but it's just little things like that they just build the strength of my calves um i could do hops i do hops twice a week and again people be like what the hell is he doing but it just makes my calf stronger and it's just these little things I need to do because I'm doing quite like a lot of miles on the roads and stuff and these little yeah. things just help so much and I haven't really realised until like taking this course I'm taking now, it's an incredible course and I love it to bits but it just makes you think like how many things I've missed out over the years and I'm trying to put implement them into my training now. And also, like when the running's over, like of course I would love to go professional at it. It's something I can fall back on. I've always been in, interested in S and C, um, helping people out. And I would love to. My dream would be to be part of like a Premier League setup or something. Help to, nice. help some of these boys get quite fit or something like that. Well, I support Reading anyway, so if Reading <laughs> hit me up when I'm like forty years old or something, but um. Sorry. You've got many
1: years ahead of you, mate, before you need to start thinking about that. You know, we've just seen Chris Thompson, 39 uh, years of age, same week as a kid, smash the uh, 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 qualifying for the Olympics winning those trials, <laughs> mate. So long time, I, I feel, before you need to think about anything like that. But yeah, you've got to say it is important to have that kind of
0: yes. backup back plan as well. But with all that's going on, how do you end up striking a balance? You know, being a student, living life, and then trying to just build running into your craft. So how do you strike a balance between all that?
2: I'm quite lucky because I'm doing my master's on um, part-time basis, so I get to pick which module mm. I want. And honestly, it's like I'm doing like two, three hours a Tuesday morning. So I, I have quite an easy life. I have like more naps than I do uni. uni <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are quite jealous of the life I live. It's going well and um, it's, it's funny because it's the first term now. We're actually allowed into university because the last few terms, it's all been online. So I'm mm. looking forward to actually going to campus to do something
1: Definitely want to dig into your footwear because each time I see you on an Instagram post, you seem to be wearing something a little bit different. I think I've seen you wearing the the Next Percent. I've seen you wearing the Asics Met Sprint Sky. I've seen you wearing Adidas Adi Zero. And I believe the reason you are able to switch between these different shoes is because you're sponsored by sports shoes.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: So is it a case of literally you're like, right, this carbon fiber slash foam super shoes coming out? want to give that one a try or what's the deal
2: there i don't i don't really want to swear but it's basically like i've been so lucky with sports shoes that i think they're incredible and i really don't want to sound like too up myself but i've like i've like each branded carbon shoe i said to like my parents before they drove me up i'm like which shoes should i wear for the pacing tomorrow and i just (laughs) pair in so yeah and you guys were lucky enough to come out on the sunday so um yeah. Do you um, have a
0: favourite yeah. out of all those?
2: Oh, I love oh, – it's it has to be the Vaporfly because I've worn them so many times, the Nike one. But those Asics ones, they, they haven't been out for long. They are unreal. Like, I really, really think the Asics 6 ones are Ni- like the Nike shoe I'd wear for races now. The Adidas ones, like, I think they're a p- really good shoe. It just – I just feel a bit more comfier, and I feel they have a little bit more protection at the back of the other two shoes compared to the Adidas. But it's one of the cases, like you've seen me now, I would wear them all in a race anyway. But yeah, it was just a case of which shoe was like at the top of the shoe cupboard to throw into the bag.
1: It's actually nice having that luxury because if you were tied into a sponsorship, you wouldn't have this choice, right? Where at the moment, this relationship that you have with sports shoes, hopefully that deal does come along. Obviously, the reason you're running is to get the best performance, not to get the best shoe deal so you can gear your training towards a company and I'm sure through the years now as well you've seen certain companies evolve and it's like right this company seemed to be moving further forward and
2: yeah Yeah, because over Christmas I struggled with a three-month Achilles injury so I had oh it's disgusting but I had my paratendon was really really inflamed so you know when you walk through snow you know that crunching sound I literally had that at the back of my Achilles every time I walked I had to get um, an injection into my Achilles, have 10 days completely off running. So it was, it was a hard three months. You should have seen, like, I went to the gym. People were giving me odd looks. I was just sweating it out, working as hard as I could on the cross trainer. And yep. I found, like, I went away from, because I love the Nike Pegasus shoe for running. And yep. I went away from them. And thankfully, because of sports shoes, um, I'm now wearing Asics for my mileage shoes just because I feel like they have a bigger heel drop and they're more protective around my Achilles. And if, it, like you said, if I was, say, for example, I was just with Nike, I wouldn't have had this luxury to wear them, and I could have hurt myself more. So, I, I, I love what I have with them. Just trying on the different, the different brands, but it just looks quite funny when I turn up to training and I have a different piece of clothing from a different brand. So I look, I look a bit old. <laughs> a bit strange.
1: <laughs> I think it's great. I, th- I think the luxury of having that is so different to what other athletes have, and and yeah. not being brand loyal and having that choices is probably better than being fixed to one company love it mate so if you had to say one what is the biggest
0: factor in helping you unlock your athletic potential
2: oh just one okay i mean
0: if there's anything else yeah if there's anything definitely talk about it
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh i think consistency like i've said that to a lot of people like these three years i've just followed the same plan it has been like the time's boring but i've been really lucky apart from this three-month injury i've haven't been like injured or anything and I've just smashed out each every day and uh, I think well in like a joking matter I honestly think for some reason Nutella I don't know what that what is in on that every day so so (laughs) the key to unlocking your athletic
1: potential is Nutella
2: (laughs) yeah I'll say that I'll say that
1: love it absolutely love it that's that's the best answer
2: we've ever think, had
0: on this podcast i think you need a you need a sponsorship for that one just, oh, just oh, that I alone
2: party yesterday. They, they were they i think they were actually being serious to message and tell you know some like mo farah has his corn advertisements yeah yeah yeah, yeah. With my nutella at each race like get some nutella i, doable. Yeah. I mean i'm
0: all about pe- peanut
1: butter i definitely need to get myself oh. a peanut butter sponsor <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that answer. Jake, before we jump into the quick fight, I do want to ask you, with with that Achilles injury and and cross-training that you were doing, I broke my toe five weeks ago now. That fear of when you get injured and each day not being able to run and that feeling of losing your fitness, of of all that hard work, graft, grind that you've put into your game, what was positive mind strategies that you, you tried to employ and actual work that you did that helped you maintain some type of fitness? I know you've said, like, the elliptical, I think, has been part of your yeah. the game there as well. But
2: Like, I was speaking to the physio who, who's really helped me. And at the end of the day, it's when you get your heart rate up, if you can get your heart rate up to the same in running, you're going to get the similar benefits anyway because your heart doesn't know what you're doing. The only thing is, like, when you go back to running, it will take, like, two, three weeks just to get back the running motion. But that's why I would tell yeah. myself I would follow the same plan. I looked at, I compared my training, like, looked at my heart rate, and I, I play this like heart rate game. I'll go on to elliptical, try and hit what it would be normally for a session. And I know I've got the same benefits. And I know, like you said, like in, everyone's going to get injuries. But if you can stay as fit as you can on the cross trainer, because you can, there are ways to stay really fit. You're just going to, when you get back into running, it's just going to be an easier process. You're just going to be fitter than you were. And there were times when I would ask the boys, like, give me a max heart rate to hit. And I was like, absolutely fit thrashing on it like i haven't hit lactic that hard <laughs> before so and i i've even kept it in my training now so i'm like the next two three weeks i'm refusing to do double run days i will be on the cross train or on the bike in the evening like on every saturday i've said i'm never running on a saturday again except for a race because i like going out for a bike ride and stuff because i'm um, it's just yep, yep, no yep. impact lets my legs recover and i nice. can just do the session a bit harder so i've really thought about it and the woman who actually won the marathon trials, I think it was Steph Davies and Callum Hawkins, they actually have introduced more biking, cross-training into their training regime, really. So, And Enish McColgan, she, I don't think she's done a double run day in years. She just does like the cross-training in the evening and stuff. So yeah. I think a lot of athletes are swaying that way just, just because you just want to keep your legs intact. Um, it's another, mm-hmm. It's something else to do. You're not pounding the roads. And especially in the UK winter when the weather is absolutely horrendous. It's a bit nicer to be indoors, warm, and then out in the cold.
1: Sounds like you, through this injury, you've actually learned some really valuable lessons there. And then obviously picked up some stuff from the other top guys uh, in the game as well.
2: I I don't think I would have picked up as much as I know now if I wasn't injured. So it's almost like a blessing in disguise. And I also said, like, I know I I was out for three months, but because I wasn't running, my legs are like ready to hit sessions even harder because i've missed like a season almost uh i'm just ready yeah. to go really hard for this season so it's all it is a blessing in disguise
1: nice okay let's let's go into this quick fire so gonna be standing on that olympic trials 10k start line what you're gonna be wearing
2: Oh, it would have oh, <laughs> i'm getting i'm trying the nike dragonflies on tuesday so okay, i'm yeah, trying okay. before and i'm really really looking forward to them i think they are known as the super shoe on the track. So mm-hmm. hopefully they can um, take off a few seconds.
1: I have a pair. Oh, are they good? I absolutely love them. Okay, so, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Track, trail, or road? Oh, roads.
2: I absolutely love the okay. road.
1: I think I'd, I'm going to know the answer to the next one. Go to pre race <laughs> fuel.
2: Okay, bagels, Nutella, and Biscoff spread. Uh, like <laughs> I remember like before the world half, like you see all the Africans, all the Europeans, they're having like like a piece of toast with some butter or they're going to the, up to the breakfast. I'm there with my little bag, my bagels, a big bottle of Nutella, the peanut butter. I honestly got so many looks. Like I was not having anything healthy. I was like, I want this stuff. I need this fuel. <laughs> and I got so many looks. It was funny.
1: Does Nutella come in, go, go on and like a travel with you? whenever you travel?
2: Oh no, I just bring the big one.
1: Does that count say you're flying? Does that count as liquid or is it is it a solid? I don't no, know I don't... Tell that.
2: Oh, I don't know actually. I might have to next fly. Actually, fight. no,
0: I I try to I try to fly with peanut butter once. They gave me crap about it. So Yeah, I, I, got, got, I got, got I got no.
2: yeah, yeah. So
1: uh, make, you might have to put it into little, find out if Nutella do a little, uh, whatever is it, Did 100 you a mil. Yeah, little
0: travel size. Yeah, a little travel, travel size size. That,
1: might be, that might be essential, mate. This might be the, the biggest take from the podcast today. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's going to be the same answer here. What's your go-to post-race fuel? Oh,
2: ice cream. So, yeah. yeah, All right, so, yeah honestly, I have, I, I've stopped myself. My girlfriend won't let me anymore, but I have like, and I, sh- I used to have ice cream on a Sunday. I beg you not. I probably had three, four thousand calories. I finished off about three different ch- tubs of ice cream with a chocolate sauce. I'm really not making myself out to be that good. My diet is just so. <laughs> it's, a tip, right? it's
1: like smash yourself before your marathon. Yeah, and then uh, smash yourself with ice cream afterwards.
2: Uh, I definitely, Perfect. I definitely three days after. Well, that's why you only need one
1: gel for the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Already fueled. What's your must-have training equipment other than shoes?
2: Ooh, would the watch? Would that? Would that be? Yeah. Would that be one? Yeah, yeah it would yeah. have to be watch. Like, yeah. I don't really know. As bad as to say, but I don't really know how much of a run like I would enjoy if I didn't have the watch. Almost. So I, yeah, I, I like, like the, the data you get from yeah. What
1: are you currently using for your watch?
2: I use the Garmin. It's the it's the um, the one with the music. So it's the you know you can play oh, the that's, music. That's, you can play the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a good. It's a really good watch actually. And it tells you you yeah. know your like vertical oscillation, your uh, heart rate. So it's a really really good watch actually. Sweet, like that. What's your favourite training session, Jake? Uh my favourite has to be the K on K off. So I did this. I'm doing it again mm. in about two weeks. But I did it two weeks before the half, so it was 10 miles on the track over K on, K off, and I averaged two forty fives for the Ks and the 305s for the slow Ks, I ran like a 47 (laughs) 47, Uh, miles, so I'm trying to break 47 next time, so it's going to be, hopefully be like 243 for the fast ones and 303 for the slow ones, so yeah, that's my thing. But it's one of those sessions, if you get it right, you just feel unreal at the end, because you're... You're running so fast for the like steady recoveries, and if you can go faster, it's like, oh, it's an amazing that session. It hurts. Sounds... It absolutely kills, and you can't walk afterwards. But I love it.
1: <laughs> wow. And I guess off the back of that, what's what's the training session you fear the most?
2: It's actually it's probably ten four hundreds off a minute with okay. fast boys because oh, I've never felt lactic like that ah, yeah, because yeah, like that's... I'm not as fast as these guys. I'm literally going at 95, 98% of my speed. That is horrendous because I've, I've never really worked the system anyway. So yeah, I'll say 10, 400. Again, it's good fun, but it's horrible.
1: Uh, what sort of time are you clocking those in, Jake? Oh,
2: so I think last year I averaged 59.7. So it's nothing like spectacular, yep. but it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like, I know I need to work on my speed. So it does help. And yeah, yeah, it's horrible.
1: What can I say has been an absolutely epic talking to you, buddy? There's oh, uh, you so loads much. of things there. And I think as well, the fact that our podcast is an Asian-based podcast. You know, We have a lot of listeners from Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, who can relate to the story in terms of uh, knowing how tough training in the humidity and heat is. And then... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe now looking to to travel abroad to, to crush some of their oh, definitely, personal bests. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, might be, it um, might be the new Kenya for like British guys. It might go to Hong Kong and Indonesia, Singapore instead. <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
1: humidity training is the new altitude training, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Is there any sponsors or any people particularly that you'd like to to shout out?
2: Oh, I think I'll do like James D, like he's been unreal. Gotcha. Sports shoes as well, like they are. If you you wanted to, I'm not really sure how big they are, like in Asia and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I have like, there's a discount. You you can use my discount for 10% off anything if you want. Uh, It's Jake's 10. So I I don't really know how big it is over where you guys are.
1: They do deliver to, say, Singapore. So
2: yeah, so so 10. So if you wanted to get 10% off, it has to be over 50 quid, but if you boys wanted to use anything over 10% off, I can send you what it is after. And then I think. Mr. Riley, I really want to get a message from Mr. Riding now. So, do you know where he's currently at? I think he's still at KG Five. His, um, I think his wife followed me the other day on Twitter. So, (laughs) I'm getting there. We are getting there,
1: but (laughs) he must be following you, Jake. He must know what's going Um, on. He just
2: no. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that's when I know my life is peaked. When my old PE teacher messages me saying you're doing very well, because I'm like okay, then (laughs) Here here we go. So, yeah, I love
0: that. I love that. So uh, where can people find you?
2: I'll, I'll be putting up, like you can follow my Strava and uh, my Instagram. I think it's, oh God, I always forget what my Instagram name is actually. Um...
1: <laughs> we, we can link it to the show notes, Jake. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm happy like as well, like I, I really don't, I'm never going to let like the running get ahead of me. Like I will, I honestly message whoever messages me, I message them straight away back and stuff. Cause like I said, I want to help people out and I've got really nice messages about inspiring them like getting back into running so yeah i'm always able to message if they need any help with anything if even if you like you said if they want to get to know about universities in cardiff or anything like that i'm always happy to help and yeah anything really so
1: we appreciate you getting back to us and and, yeah, and having great. this interview so what can i say all the best with this training block leading up Thank to those know. olympic trials i've got a. Uh, a feeling here i reckon you definitely do this mate it's uh just from watching this journey from from speaking to you listening to what you have to say mate i'm i'm feeling confident about this so mate so <laughs> no, thank you. definitely wishing you all the best thank on this one mate. and i uh, looking thank forward you. to seeing what you think and that my friends is unlocking athletic potential we hope you've enjoyed this episode
0: and taking something away with you to help you perfect your craft